We Were Gamers is back for 243 times. Hello, JJ. Hello. Hi, Michael. Hey, welcome back. Andy's here. Hey. Uh, we're here. It's Monday. It's a good day. I'm um mentally tired, you guys. So forgive me a little bit, but my brain has been taxed the last few days. Trying to uh, make sure that we have a proper driveway and steps to our house and a whole bunch of other stuff completed in a correct and proper and good manner. Now, all of a sudden, before the rain. Uh, I mean, I hate to break this to you, my man. Uh, the rain is, seems likely to come very soon. I yeah. understand. It's pretty amazing. Uh, I'm now two for two. Uh, I guess we're starting the, we're leading the podcast with the the cult classic, previously known as homeowners minute, previously known as adulting minute, but we didn't like that one either, so we changed it to leveling up. Two for two, twenty nineteen into twenty twenty, twenty twenty into twenty twenty one, starting on a gigantic home project and then it inevitably raining right in the middle of it, even though we don't get rain any time the rest of the year. Uh, I mean, you know, you did choose to start one right here at the beginning of the year, which is about the only time we ever get rain in California. Yeah, I figured we get more rain in spring usually. Uh, Like the earliest time we ever get rain is like around now because it rains here and then there's snow in the mountains, right? Yeah. And then the latest time we basically ever get rain is like, yeah, May or something, probably. Yeah, yeah. you're right. You're right. It's just funny. It holds true almost every time that we have to kind of stop in the middle <laughs> and then continue on after whatever bout of rain occurs. But yeah, um, we don't currently have a front yard at all in its entirety is all now missing. I mean... Was there something wrong with your driveway? You just wanted to replace it or like? There was a significant amount of cracking. It looked done poorly, first of all. So uh, it already needed to be somehow gussied up. There was a significant amount of cracking. And then all of a sudden, a couple months ago, there started to be a little bit of a dip in the driveway at a certain point. Mm, That's no bueno. No, it's not so good. Um there are also pipes that run under there that needed replacing for the drainage from the backyard is not working right. Uh, yeah. Okay. It's so good it reasons. Time. Yeah. All good, all good reasons. It was time. Uh, it'll give a house that is being refreshed a fresh look instead of chinsing out. You know what I mean? Sure. I mean, it, it's just a giant hassle, man. Every time you redo something like the driveway, just cause Well, I guess you, you all are generally lucky that you don't, park your cars in the garage right is that correct currently or correct you yeah you haven't in the past i guess we don't currently uh and so that's that makes it less of a problem if you have to park them outside whereas if you had them in the garage that would be very problematic it's all about your neighborhood right if you had street parking it's less of a hassle i guess well, although your neighbor your neighborhood and the outdoor weather conditions <laughs> yeah <laughs> If it yeah. snowed, you would be way less excited about parking your cars outside. Fair point. Good point. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that. No, we live yeah, in rain. A... Eh, not a big deal. Snow? Yeah. Bigger deal. Yeah, we live in an area where you don't have to plan to do everything in the summer, you know? And in often cases, uh, to do things in the off season because then people are more available slash cheaper. Yeah, um, totally. And like, your... I can't, I can't fault you for trying to start this project now because it's like a good time to try to start projects. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good. It's, uh, it's been exciting, but it's, uh, you know, you're the backstop for every decision, really. Uh, mm. obviously, the contractors know the code and grading and all that sort of stuff, but like, being, being in presence of mind to uh i don't know i don't know my are just uh stressful a little bit but uh it's exciting 
And it also is very weird still in week two of these headphones to try to think to myself in utter silence. <laughs> I'm still getting used to these headphones. But uh, I'm probably not the only uh, homeowning, adulting, leveling upper. It was a long weekend. We had a holiday. So did anyone else spend a minute? Uh, we did, although I didn't really have a holiday. I had to take the day off because... I don't know why my work doesn't give me this day off, but here we yeah. are. It's not common, I don't think. No, because yeah. I was in the office today too. Uh, I, as okay. a as a parent, uh, it's a long weekend for some of us, <laughs> and meaning the but, kids uh, are not in school. Right. Yeah. Uh, the so uh, our Stephanie has been wanting to do. Uh, some stuff around our, like the planters we have in our backyard. Wanted to do some more planters, bigger planters, different types than we have. Changed some stuff up. And for a long time, when we've been going on our little walks around the neighborhood and other various forms of outdoor exercise, the one of our neighbors down the road has in his front yard a bunch of like partial wine barrels. Oh, yeah, just like sliced in half. It was not quite half. We weren't sure what he was doing with them because we never like you don't see him a lot. He's like not home a ton. Uh, and you know, we, we think it's his mother that lives there because we see her outside um, sometimes uh, just like sitting around and smoking or whatever. Uh, but we're not too sure like what they were doing with all these because they had like quite a few. It was like, you know, 10 or something. Wow. Uh, some, f some full barrels, some half barrels, some like third size barrels or something. Uh, and so we were just like, what is, what is going on with these? Like, and Stephanie was like, they look cute. I would like to use it as planters. Like, cause they're like, they sell these at like stores, right? You can buy like partial, partial wine barrels that have been, or barrels that look like wine barrels that have been repurposed for the purpose of making a planter out of them. Oh right? yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. Even like a Home Depot sells them pre-finished totally. if you want to spend some extra cash. Or you can go to a brewery near you and grab a an old used barrel and cut it in half yourself with cool tools. Totally. So we sort of, because we saw him uh, previously out front with tools doing just what you were describing, uh, we figured he had access to them somehow or was buying them somewhere or something. Uh, and we kind of... Uh, the way he had so many of them, we wondered if he was selling them, like he was making planters out of them and then selling them to people because he had like so many, like a ton in his front yard, right? Like various stages. There'd be like a barrel here, two more barrels on the side, a stack of ones that look like planters. Um, and so, you know, my wife got up the courage to like go ask him like, hey, what's going on? Like, I really would like to like you know, if you're selling these, I would like to buy some of them from you uh, because, you know, support neighborhood and be be neighborly here. And we just live down the street. You wouldn't even have to deliver and we could just carry them. Uh, and, you know, like, what's the deal here? And he's like, oh, uh, I mean, I work at a winery, so I get these for like super duper cheap, but I'm not home very often because the winery is in Petaluma. Oh, wow. Uh, wow. Which, okay. which if people know the geography of California... Uh, I live in San Diego and Petaluma is north of San Francisco. Uh, cool. That's, that's like a 10 hour drive. I guess he so, sleeps up there. Don't know. Uh, it sounds like he's gone for like two weeks or three weeks off and then one week home or something like this. Ah. Uh, we, like I said, we think it's maybe his mother's house down here and that he lives up there more permanently. Uh, or something like this. Anyway, uh, so he gets these barrels for very cheap up there because he works at the winery uh, and takes them back and is cutting them up to build planters for his his yard. He's redoing his side yard and I guess his backyard also. We didn't like go look. Um, he has a fence. We can't see his backyard, obviously. Uh, also, we keep your distance. <laughs> yeah, we weren't going to go walk through his house and stuff with people we don't really know, you know. Right, sure. Um, and... So he was like, yeah, totally. We'll sell you some of these. Um, yeah, like, how many do you want? And my wife was like, three? I don't know. 
He's like, oh, great. Uh, let me just grab these three right here. And I'll just like throw them in my car and drive them over there uh, in like, you know, 10 minutes or whatever. Let me get some stuff finished that I'm working on right now. And we're like, uh, oh, OK, sure. So <laughs> now you didn't, have one uh, girls. didn't expect this immediately. But yeah, OK, great, great. Uh, so, you know, uh, I was uh, and by the time this was happening, I was away. Uh, I'd gone to work. And so Stephanie was there uh, and, you know, the man uh, came over and drilled hole had drilled holes in the bottom of the barrels already for drainage um and it was the whole thing it was just like yeah these really nice barrels you can tell that they were wine barrels the inside is stained red <laughs> yeah like these were made with wine was used here <laughs> uh so then this week this past weekend we spent time uh you know getting some gravel and stuff to fill the bottom and then soil to put on top of that uh so that we could in theory start the planting um now I think we're going to wait out the rain and then possibly start after that. Ah, see, I'm not the only one <laughs> affected by rain. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Hey, it's the, it's again, the... I, I am not the gardener in this family. I don't really know. You know, this is the, <laughs> the master gardener over there is telling me what to do. And so like, I went and bought yeah, a whole just, bunch of stuff. Yeah, we all, just you know, she's like, she's like, I want this one. I need this kind of gravel. Sure. This is what we want. Uh -huh. And like, yeah, I want to put them here and here and like fill these up. Okay. And then she's like, okay, we're good. And I'm like, well, do you want to go get plants or whatever? He's like, no, no, we'll wait. I'm like, oh, okay. The best Why? thing you can she's do. She's like, it's going to rain. I'm like, oh, it is? Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. The best thing you can do is listen. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. yeah, she is the uh, the architect and the strategist and the, uh, you know, the, the, the person in charge. And I'm. You're I'm the muscle. Follow, yeah, yeah, I follow orders. Just lift that thing. Nice. Although to be fair, she like I was at work when she moved them into the backyard, so she carried them into the backyard herself. So you're not even the muscle. I was at work. What am I supposed uh, to do? Today? I don't know. <laughs> this is getting a little bit on the I didn't do anything side, Mister Bragg. I, I helped all carry all the rocks in the soil and stuff. <laughs> nice, Michael. Uh, nothing real home oni here, um, but I did slightly upgrade my phone today um so i got a note over the weekend that said uh because you're on sprint and sprint has merged with t-mobile you are now eligible to upgrade your sim card to take advantage of the expanded phone networks um all you have to do is bring your phone into a t-mobile and they'll make the swap for you for free uh it took takes like 15 minutes and you're done so I went cool. in today. It took it it took longer to wait for my phone to reboot than it did for them to actually pull me up in the system and make the swap. I mean, they just literally scan a little card and then put it in your phone. Basically, yep. Yeah. Or they probably just give you the card and make you put it in your phone, right? No, they they do it for you. Oh, okay, that's nice. Yeah, when I got my iPhone, my new iPhone this uh, past Christmas season, uh, which I don't think we talked about, but I did. Uh, they still have to do all that stuff. I don't know why. I know how That's to do a SIM card. Man. Yeah, uh, there's just a little. There's just a little door. I have to get I a know. really stupidly small little pin. Oh, the key open thing. Yeah, phone. yeah. But like, they give it to you in the box when you buy the phone. It's just in there. You just open it up. And you stick that thing guy. When I buy a new one, I just take the old one out of this phone. I drop it into the next phone. I never tell my carrier. It's very easy. Yeah, it's kind of strange. I don't know what it is about iPhones in particular. I guess if you buy a used one. Uh, or a gray market one or whatever, you would do this th sort of thing where you just move over the card. But for some reason, every time I get a new phone, they insist on like redoing the card and all that kind of stuff. And I don't get it, but whatever. Yeah. yeah I mean, I also do not get it. So I also, am not buying them from, Oh, you're probably buying it from Apple. So that also doesn't make sense. Cause I figured it was the carrier doing that, but you're probably not buying it from your carrier, right? No, I wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Weird. Okay. Very strange. I know they're all using the same size at this point. It's not like the sizes are different. So. Yeah, because that was a thing yeah. for a little bit where there were two different kinds. Sim and, some and micro sim. And yeah. all this. Yeah, yeah. I think they're all on the same kind now, finally. Yeah. Okay, I have a question. You're on T-Mobile. T-Mobile shares with uh, Mint Mobile, I guess. Okay. How's the service? Because I look at my AT&T bill and think, these people are charging so much money and like 
There's a lot of ads from T-Mobile or Mint or all these other ones for a lot cheaper service. Well, so for the most part today, it's been pretty good, except so the the one thing that made me eager to switch was that at my desk at the office um, on the Sprint network, my signal was very shaky. Um, I would, you know, I would get, I'd mostly be roaming and occasionally get little windows of signal and then go back to roaming. Um, so you know, I'm happy to report that I have gone from spotty signal to no signal at my desk. <laughs> So that was that was fun. <laughs> but it's been fine everywhere else. Oh, that's funny. At least uh maybe it's more stably not a signal. You're not wasting as much yeah. battery. Yeah, it's pretty steady not a signal. But I think that's more to do with the building than it is with the network. I was gonna as say soon, as soon as I walk out the door, it's instantly back. Are you inside the middle of a giant concrete building? Basically, yeah. Worst case I'm scenario, on the, the right bottom, there. the bottom of a three-floor, like yards from the nearest window. Yeah, I used to work in a building that was uh, concrete on on the side on that at my desk was. Yep, and it was built uh, adjacent to another building, and they actually ended up touching when they built the second building with another cro- concrete wall. And that building was like triple thick because it was a film storage vault. Oh, okay. So it had to be temperature controlled and fireproof. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so the walls were so so at my desk was like eight layers of concrete between me and, and the sky. Yeah, it's just a sponge. Yeah. For a number of years, one of the buildings I worked in was they were how they were they had cubes and stuff set up in it but the building was built for these rooms to be skiffs which is a acronym because i work in the defense industry where everything is an acronym and scif secure contained information facility which basically means that it could be converted into a secure conference room for like classified stuff and there's a whole bunch of rules about how those rooms have to be built and some of them are like Hey, put a bunch of annoying metal in the walls so that phone, so phone signals are basically impossible to get in and out. You basically and, made a Faraday cage. Right. But it's not, yes, but not completely, right? Because sure. you, you can't. But like, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a giant hassle uh, working in there. I was there for several years and it sucked. Like, I, it would just get to the point where like, if your phone isn't plugged in, you just turn it off for the day because there's no point. Like, while you're inside, it's just going to drain the battery searching for signal constantly. Nice. Yeah. Happy I don't work at that building anymore. <laughs> I mean, they've got to do it, but it's like such a bummer sometimes. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what to, to tell you there, Michael. Hopefully you, uh, there's, I, I don't think there's, yeah, I don't think there's much that can really be done. It's just, it is what it is. I suppose, uh, if your work allows it, sometimes they have like on site Wi-Fi. You could connect to that from your phone and that might, yeah, they've they've gone the opposite direction from that. They used to they used to let employees um, use the Wi-Fi, and they have gone away to locking it down for basically only guest use. I don't okay. want to be a conspiracy theorist, but if I was a person working in an office building for a company, uh, I don't think I would connect to their Wi-Fi at this day and age. You certainly one wouldn't want to do any personal use of your phone across the company Wi-Fi. Sure, yeah. But connecting to the Wi-Fi just so that it stops searching for signal all the time would be the only reason I was thinking of doing it. Yeah, there's just a lot of stuff that goes on just by connecting to Wi-Fi these days in terms of like... Yeah, it could be. You're right. Bluetooth pinging and... I mean, why do you have your Bluetooth on if you're not using Bluetooth? That's my question. I just leave it on. It's insane. You're just giving people your Bluetooth information all the time. (laughs) I'm in a building around here. There's no reason to have it off. Turn it off. No reason to have it on either. Uh, Same guess. with GPS. Why do you have your GPS on if you're not using it? Yeah, that's a weird one because you're, the way that it works on an iPhone, I don't know how that works. There's really not that much of a global GPS. You can kind of like turn on and off the location stuff, but some of the stuff in the phone then breaks if you just blanket turn the whole thing off. 
I don't know. Yeah, at least in terms of the Bluetooth right now, the uh, the California contact tracing uh, requires you to have it on. That's oh, true. It good does. point. Yeah, yeah. That, that that California contract tracing app. Good point. I have other <sighs> problems with that app, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> like requiring you to use Bluetooth. Why does it do that? Dumb. For Bluetooth pinging, like, well, we're back to the beginning of this conversation. <laughs> Anyway. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, speaking of technology, there's this amazing technology where people can email us through the electronic mail service. Wow. Uh, known as WeWereGamers.com podcast at WeWereGamers.com. And then we get your message. Uh, gen- I'm on a hard wire, but I guess you could get it over Wi-Fi if you wanted to. Okay. And then we read your message on this podcast. Most of the time, I don't even tell the guys what the messages are until I read them live, which is fun. We are in the dark. We batch them up. We do a bunch at a time. So uh, thank you for all your fun emails, everybody. Uh, Alex. Alex, our our best bud from uh, component class, loved our... uh, input on the amd by the way because we were talking a couple weeks ago about how amd seems to have been uh taking over when we were talking about the new cards Mm -hmm. Uh, and alex has been on a new board and all that sort of stuff for a while now with ryzen 5 uh anyway his question was this and i wanted to address it because it's kind of funny did anyone end up watching one punch man season two Uh, Alex, yes, I am in the middle of One Punch Man Season 2. I will report report back at the end of it. Uh, I don't currently have access to Hulu, so I'm not watching it. Yes, uh, I got access to Hulu, and I'm watching, I actually rewatched Season 1 in sub, because I originally watched it in dub. Hmm. And season two is only available in sub. And so I was like, well, I don't want to be unused to the voices by watching season two and then think something's wrong. So I rewatched yeah. season one in sub and uh, season one is great. It might even be better in sub. Yeah. <laughs> great. The show's great. Yeah. And uh, season two, uh, I'm going to wait till the end until I talk about it. But uh, okay. yes. So yeah. Alex, uh, thank you for the email. Thank you for the info on your Ryzen setup. And yes, you'll hear about some uh, One Punch Man Season 2 shortly. Email number two. Uh, your immediate attention to this message is absolutely necessary. Your domain will be terminated within 24 hours. Click this link for online payment. Hmm. Uh, were they also informing you that they were the, the prince of Nigeria and that you could buy uh, gold or something from them? I don't know, but Joe Miller can uh, stick it where the sun don't shine. Okay. All right. Next email. Moving <laughs> along. Is, when he says he doesn't pre-sort these, he is truly being truthful. I'm, he doesn't tell, I'm, tell, I'm reading the top emails. I sorted some of them. Uh, uh, I sorted more of those, let's say. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this one, I'm going to say that I'm in for this email, but I'm going to give Michael the opportunity to be out for this email and take off his headset. Uh, Kit writes, uh, with a gigantic bold line here, spoilers for Wonder Woman 1984. And then I actually have to scroll down. It's not visible in this page to get to the question. That's That's very nice of him. Yeah. Appreciate it. That was really well done. I thought I think that's cool. Right, uh, Michael, so, are you, are you going to bail or are you going to stay? Uh, I'll stay since I'll, I'll wind up listening to this later in the week anyway. <laughs> you can also bail at that moment and skip ahead. I can even I give you the timestamp. Just hit fast I, forward, I, man. I could. <laughs> okay. This is the last chance for everybody listening. This question's I mean, I, for JJ. Yes. Please go into more detail about Steve Trevor coming back being confusing. 
it seemed like Steve pretty clearly came back to inhabit the other guy's body, now referred to by me in this as the dude, because Diana wished for Steve <laughs> back. But the monkey's yep. paw came, made him come back in the dude. He mm. still looked like the dude, but his mind was Steve. Then when she renounces her wish, Steve goes away and the dude came back. I think there is a big moral issue with her sleeping with him, Steve's mind uh, in the dude's body, and the morality of it. Although, if among, the, among other things, yes. <laughs> although if the dude doesn't have any memory of it at all and nothing lasting... Uh, there's some things listed that are not PG here and you know what I mean? Uh, uh, comes from it. I guess, uh, it's more complicated, but it sure feels dirty and a little R wordy to me. Yes. So uh, the, I think the, it is not, uh, so I think the movie does a bad job of explaining what kit articulated well in this email that what you are meant to think is she wishes for him to come back. This dude exists as a dude. I don't think we really like she passes him in a hallway once or something before that. You never really see who it is. And then all of a sudden, like she runs into him and it's Steve and you're like, what? Oh, you're meant to realize that like Steve took over this dude's life, right? Uh, like his mind got transplanted into this other person's body. And they kind of do that later. They show you the, like Steve looking at himself in the mirror and seeing this other dude's face. Mm -hmm. But then for the rest of the movie, the movie just shows you Steve. Diana looks at him. It's Steve. He's just, Steve is, you know, it's never, you never see the other dude. There are no shots of the other dude doing anything until, uh, as kid explained at the very end, she renounces her wish. And he goes back to being the dude. Uh, certainly, there are a lot of big moral problems with this. Uh, <laughs> and I think the fact that the movie doesn't touch on any of them is a big problem. Like part of the reason why it's confusing is these, you know, these these superhero movies. The superheroes are supposed to be either, you know, like paragons of virtue and like you know the good thing in the world. Yet clearly they're doing something that is like, I, yeah, he used a, a word there, but like, it's very gross, I think. And I don't, you know, it, uh, it, using a wish to like violate this person's bodily autonomy, which, you know, he didn't want, I'm sure I would rather he not have his mind taken over by Steve. Uh, and I get, you know, it's a curse and, and monkeys pawing or whatever, but she's not out to ever fix it at any point until the end when she is forced to. Oh, she was forced to renounce her, her wish. Uh, it turns out that's the only way to defeat the bad guy is for people to renounce their wishes. Oh. And so, but she was all like all for keeping him this way and staying with the dude as Steve. And, you know... Uh, and all the other things people have wished for, and they show all the disastrous consequences of that. And that's the whole end of the movie. But like, she wasn't like actively looking for a way to change the dude back or, or, or anything. She was like, you know, showing Steve around the modern world and teaching him how to live in society and stuff. And that's uh weird and, and bad. Right. <laughs> I'm not weird thinking that that's bad. Uh, it's weirder that they would not continuously remind you that it's not his body. Yeah, and they don't. They absolutely don't. They just play it like he doesn't know how to dress. He like dresses in a bunch of really terrible looking clothes and goes, isn't this cool? And she's like, no. And like, you know, they have a whole montage with that. She shows him what art looks like and he thinks the trash can is modern art because it's hard to tell what modern art looks like. And that's the joke. Uh, <laughs> like it's a bunch of like, you know playing like ha ha fish out of water stuff but it's like it's not him it's some other guy he knows what that is probably but we never find out how that guy feels about anything and we don't ever see his like the aftermath or anything of what happens to the dude oh interesting because like, because that does was he remember uh, we don't know there's another paragraph here and the and i read it read it and the follow-up question is basically what do you think happened to the dude's mind in the meantime and afterward dude great question i like it's a, something completely undealt with like at the very end of the movie, right, you, like Diana passes the guy who is the dude in the street and he like looks at her and smiles. And that's the whole thing. 
it's supposed to be like, oh, he's fine. Is he fine? I don't know. We don't. Know. <laughs> was he just passenger, or was he? Yeah, yeah, we don't. We don't know. And, and like when she renounces her wish, the scene where that happens, it's focused on her, right? And like her feelings about having to give up Steve and all this stuff. And she's walking away. You don't see his face transform back into the dude, and like how the dude feels at that time. He's like behind. He's like not even on camera at that point. I have multiple Diana, questions now. Yeah, One. great. One. Does the dude get a wish? And if he did get a wish, was his wish? Uh, so great question. Else? Well, so the way the wishing stuff works, the dude probably did not get a wish. I see. So uh, not everybody got a wish. It was just like a few people got a wish. Uh, at the time when anyone could get a wish, the dude was already Steve. I see. But like maybe, what, yeah, where was his mind? Was his mind in the meantime wishing that he could get his body back or whatever? I don't know. Is it like, the, yeah, a lot of open questions on that one. Is it the Marvel trope of you have to live with your consequences or is it the DC trope of, oh, the bad guy was defeated and everything is reset? And nobody remembers because then maybe it's all it's all good in the hood because it never happened. Hand wavy, hand wavy. Well, I mean, this is a DC movie, so you can guess uh, which direction it's easier to lean on here. (laughs) Um, But I mean, the uh, they certainly don't play up. They there are some big things that happen as a result of all these wishes and stuff, and they don't really touch on how any of that resolves itself. Uh, I kind of wish they had because you know, like. Some of it is permanent, though, because they definitely show, like, destruction of land and, like, you know, crazy scenes and stuff. And then, like, when the people renounce their wishes, it doesn't just, like, snap undo all the, like, upheaval of Earth and car crashes and stuff. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I Again, yeah. movie really bad at dealing with the, like, consequences of its cool power fantasy stuff. Yeah. Where's an infinity gauntlet when you need one? Like, if they wanted it to be magic, which it kind of is, like, then have the magic show that the magic was reversed and just, like, undo all the magic. Don't, like, half undo some of it and then leave us wondering what counts as being undone. Right? Yeah, because if you undid somebody's wish that caused, let's say you had a wish for, uh, for, I don't I don't know. I, I mean, don't people wanna... are wishing for all the like vain stuff and obvious like things. It's like, yeah, I was trying. Oh, to I, I wish. I wish all bad. you. I wish all you people that I don't like would drop dead. Is what one of the people okay. wishes, okay. right? So, and then and then a guy literally falls over dead in front of this person. So here's the question. Let's say I wish for somebody to drop dead, which I wouldn't do. But if I did, of course well, not. yeah, okay, of course. <laughs> uh, and they crash their car, and the car crash takes out a hundred cars on the freeway or something. In mm-hmm. this movie, you're telling me that that car crash still happens, even though everyone's wish is undone. So the the thing that takes the power away from the guy is you have to renounce your wish, like give up what you wished for. So then does that restore the guy to life? Does it undo the car crashes? It's but not clear. No, because, because stuff's still destroyed. But because, well, it does, that's how, that's what it seems like to me in the movie. But again, yeah. I haven't like rewatched it to make sure I'm completely accurate on all the details here. But the like the person who made the wish initially has to go back and say, I unwish for this or in their heart, make that choice. Right. Well, if that's the case, like they then have the memory of the choice that they made. So, so it's not completely gone, gone, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, which leaves us with all the moral conundrums of. Yes, exactly. And a prince have made so many bad choices here. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, we got to give fair credence to Kit's final paragraph here. My opinion was more positive in uh review however i agree it was nowhere near as good as the first one i didn't think it was terrible i didn't feel like the lack of action in the middle was too long there you go you know fair. Uh, i completely fair points fair okay well i don't know if that thank, answered all thank of these you. questions but <laughs> thank, thank you kit we tried we're in here all right last email uh This one is a link sent to us by Jamie. Is Star Wars best as a video game? Having been left with Star Wars Squadrons and Fallen Order in the last year, uh, this is a link to the LA Times. Uh, Their game critic is making the point that maybe Star Wars is better as a franchise going forward. 
in more of a Elseworlds. This one's a little bit more focused on the the game squadrons, but the uh, the idea being like, uh, you know, like better the stuff as... the stuff on the side is now seemingly better, right? Like the games are better. The Disneyland stuff is better. Like, is it better for it to be taken on by on the side? The the interactive stuff specifically, or the idea that like the non main canon stuff is the stuff that's good now. This one is focused on games. This one's focused on games, but I I would even open it up to saying like, well, that means you know what you're saying if you're this person is things that draw you into the universe, but wow you. Like one of the points he makes in this article that I read uh, was that the Millennium Falcon Smugglers Run, Michael, yep, is essentially a giant video game, right? Um, Yeah, this is true. But it's it's best. uh, His says it's limited. He says it's limited because of Disneyland. But uh, I also gleaned from this article that if you were making this point, it's also best because it immerses you in Star Wars. And it's playful interactivity t- with you, right? So uh, much like JJ, uh, Lower Decks is playfully interactive with the audience. Mm-hmm. It's not a video game, but it is interactive with you and saying like, hey, we both like Star Trek, right? Sure. And so these types of experiences like the Smuggler's Run or uh, a video game or spinoffs might be stronger is maybe what his argument would be stronger than what though? Like what's the thing I'm comparing it to here? The movies, the, in general, the, like the, the, the mainline movies of, of the past. I see. Okay. Uh, I mean, I think the, I think it's almost inarguable at this point that the quality star Wars stuff has not been the main movies for the last good amount of time. Not to say that people can't enjoy them or anything like that, but... Of course. And we discussed on this very podcast, we enjoyed some of those movies, right? Yeah. Uh, To varying degrees, but I think we didn't absolutely hate very many of them. (laughs) (laughs) Almost none of them were absolutely hated. Yeah, and that includes some of those new movies. So I think that... Yeah, it's pretty. You know, and I think then we have then since gone on to heap a lot of praise on the Mandalorian, right? Oh yeah, which is a you well know, deserved, yeah, well deserved praise there. Uh, I have not played Star Wars Squadrons, so I can't speak to that. But I think it is liked by people who are playing that kind of a multiplayer dogfighting game. Mm-hmm. Uh, who really want to do, you know, if you want to be that guy in the X wing shooting down the Tie Fighters, hey, this is the game for you, right? Yeah. Uh, and as we've discussed on this podcast, I'm not into Clone Wars stuff, but I know there are a lot of people who certainly like it quite a bit and would argue that the writing on that has been way better than, you know, most of the stuff out there in Star Wars for quite a while, right? That show's relatively old at this point. Yeah. So I, I think it's kind of inarguable here that uh, the side stuff is better than the main stuff. Yeah, and I had to clearly. I had to exp- – I'm sorry, Michael. I, I, no, I, go for it. I was just going to say I had to expand his argument because this video game critic uh, – I don't want to call him out. But he says that you know some of the best Star Wars is the video game space. And I'm, I would not argue that uh, before Fallen Order really. I mean those Battlefront games really struggled for a lot of reasons. So – I think That's mostly why I unrelated kind of ex- to the Star Warsness of them, though they struggled because of the video gameness of them. I thought, yeah, absolutely, but that's that's inherent to the media. So if you can't conquer your own media space, you know, like that's yeah, like exactly. saying, well, yeah. that that show's bad because it's a show, and it's like sometimes, yeah, you're right, but then you should have made something else. Yeah, fair, sure. you know. Uh, so uh, that's why I expanded his argument. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead, Michael. No, I was just going to say clearly Disney thinks that there is uh, there is still fertile soil in the video games yes because they are they yep. are expanding away from ea he stole my transition go for <laughs> it man <laughs> you told me i was doing transitions this week that's true um, oh yeah i did so yeah um the big news that came out of um i think it was disney's was it their quarterly meeting 
Yeah, one of their big it was meetings. An investor meeting. Um, yeah. Investor mm-hmm. meeting. That's what it was. Was that uh, Ubisoft will be developing an open world Star Wars game? That's not the only thing they announced. There, I mean, no, or but it was announced near it's, there. It's a lot of stuff that's announced in there, but I think that's one of the biggest ones is saying that their EA contract ends next year or something. Uh, I don't know that they have said that there won't be more EA Star Wars games, but no, they no, no. did Just say that, that that Ubisoft will be making one, right? right? Yes. Yeah, I think the implication was that the exclusivity was going away. Yeah, and I think that's probably great. Like, hey, let whoever wants to make them, make them. Like, let them make the deals, and whoever makes the good games gets the... Whoever can make a good game should get a thing, right? Yeah, I mean, competition is good for the space, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, we have should espoused be. on most recently, I would say, Carbon Scoring has espoused the idea that the Mandalorian strength is in having multiple directors on that show. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, the principle applies, right? Let as many people get into the space as possible if. If Respawn hadn't made a Star Wars game, we'd still be talking about why there's no good Star Wars games. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know. People like this Squadrons one, but you Absolutely. might be right. Like, yeah. Uh, who knows if Squadrons would have made it to market if, if Fallen Order yeah, had been done by somebody else and it had not been good. Had been Yeah, had been bad. Totally. Yeah. Good point. Uh, but that was... So you're bearing the lead here a little bit, Michael, right? That They announced Lucasfilm Games which is a publisher for Disney IP, notably not just Star Wars. Yep. And they had a, uh, they had a teaser to go with this. Uh, the, who's going to say it? Not me. (laughs) Uh, the, the company, uh, that they announced that machine games is going to be making an Indiana Jones game. Uh, which I found hilarious. Uh, Machine Games, the creators of the most recent Wolfenstein games. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, that's kind of funny. Yeah. So it goes along. I it guess their forte does. is making games where you fight Nazis. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say. Yeah. Right in their wheelhouse. I guess that means we know the era that it's the Indiana Jones of. Right? It's like. Uh, who knows? They said nothing else about the game other than it's an Indiana Jones game. It could, Who knows? It could be third person, first person shooting just puzzle solving tomb raider god knows what it is we don't know we know nothing about the game i don't know i think the only studio that switches stuff up that quickly is rockstar i don't know that you can say like you don't get a little bit of a hint by the studio hired yeah but but i mean tomb raider tomb raider feels like a better fit for the for the ip than <laughs> you mean does. you mean a game based on indiana jones feels like a better fit mm, for indiana jones can't imagine Gee. yeah I, I mean the you got to think about it like this right if you look at the recent games machine games has made but all of those wolfenstein games have been first person shooters yep uh but if you look at respawn's output prior to putting out jedi fallen order they also had all made first person shooters so I guess anything is good possible, point. right? Yeah. Okay. Good point in my face. So I, it, it, I certainly think that you don't get to make an Indiana Jones game without having like a good idea for an Indiana Jones game. Probably. I think the cool thing about this uh, machine games being hired is that they're owned by Zenimax. Uh, correct. Who is owned by Andrew? Uh, not currently, but sh- soon to be Microsoft. Yes. Uh, so you know. It, who knows where that will go, but uh, them being uh, effectively owned by Microsoft is uh, it, it, like, does this mean will this game? Because this seems like one of those announcements where like the announcement is just like a static image of a hat and a whip. You know, it's like there's no it's not a trailer. It's not like there's no game footage. There's no name. There's no year. There's nothing. This seems like one of those like this is like three to five years away kind of a thing. At which point they will be owned by Microsoft, probably. Correct. And then does this game then only come out on Xbox and PC? Like, hmm, right? Mm. Who knows, I guess. Um, But that's a interesting development. But like, I think the idea of... We haven't had an Indiana Jones game in like forever. I can't even think of the actual last like titled property licensed Indiana Jones game. Well, I mean, it would have to have been before LucasArts went under, which was years and years and years and years and years ago. 
Right. I, I, like, I don't, I don't even know when it would have been. So it's, it has been a very long time. Yeah. I mean, the Indiana games. Jones franchise was supplanted by everyone making Indiana Jones games. You got what Nathan Drake, mm-hmm. Lara Croft. I mean, you're saying uh, Tomb Raider ate Indiana Jones's lunch, basically, basically, right? Yeah, yeah, yep. Um, and then, and then in modern times, I suppose Nathan Drake ate it. Yeah, and there's nothing. I I don't have anything against either of those franchises. They're both good, um, and enjoyable. Yeah. So it's just hard to know what a Indiana Jones game even is. And totally, because so, because I, I the last Indiana Jones game I can think of was a point and click adventure game. You know, so it's been a very long time. They had an N sixty four game. I believe you. I just, that's the this is the last one I can think of. I can't remember if they had one after the N sixty four game, but I'm pretty sure the N sixty four game was wasn't made by. There, uh, wasn't there a Lego one? Yes, there but is a Lego no. Indiana Jones. Even that's like more than a decade old, I think. Yeah, uh, it came that out was after early. Crystal Skull. That's an early uh, Lego one, so yeah, that's old. Um, There's a second one, I'm pretty sure. But it's still got to be more than a decade. Yeah. It's got to be more yeah. than a I We don't do a lot so of it's research. Been, it's been a while. Because that has to be like... 360 era and that's probably before 2010 or 2011 so certainly a decade yeah i i know that i saw it when i was actively playing a ps3 so and you know i mean not to demean the lego games which i like and have played very many of but those lego games aren't representative of indiana jones so much as they are representative of the way those lego games play (laughs) (laughs) like kind of all of them play the same you know what i mean yeah, they have a lot of good inside jokes for fans of the thing. Oh yeah, but it's not like it's telling a a tale per se. I just mean you can wrap any IP around the kind of basic idea of the Lego guy running through a Lego environment yeah. and punching in whatever Lego bricks. <laughs> Man, right. there were Game Boy. Weren't there Game Boy? I think there were Game Boy uh, indie indie games. Way out of my depth here. Probably pretty sure there was a side-scrolling indie game for Game Boy. I can't remember now. It's been too long. It's been that long. (laughs) The last one I can remember was the one made by Factor 5 for the N64. Because I was a Factor 5 fanboy at that point in time. They were making all the fun games for N64. Anyway. Speaking of side-scrolling... We didn't get to it last week. JJ, you're on the spot. Uh, what? Again? Mm-hmm. Oh, you weren't, no, uh, you weren't on the spot again. Michael was on the spot just now. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We uh, we teased this last week. We did. Are you yeah. ready to... Uh, I can't... Nope. I was going to do Blind Forest, but I messed it up. Anyway. Uh, Ori. <laughs> Ori, yeah. Uh, so... I have now played both of those Ori games. Uh, hey, those games are really good. They're available on Game Pass. They're also yeah. cheap if you don't want to pay for Game Pass. Yeah, they're not that expensive. I want maybe 20 bucks or something for I the think full one. price. Wait for a sale. Get them for half. I mean, it's only 20 bucks. Okay. Well, uh, look, anyway. We, you know, there's a sale coming in two weeks. Uh, one week. So, Michael, you have played both, am I correct? Yes, I have I have played through both. Okay. So I played them both not quite back-to-back, but pretty close to back-to-back. Okay. Wow. Uh, you you don't think about it. Would, would you see the idea of these games? And you're like, oh, wow, they're very painterly and, like, beautiful landscapes and stuff. And you're like, oh, okay, they look pretty similar. No, wrong. Yeah. You play the first game, and you're like, oh, this looks very pretty. It's like, oh, nice art. And it's like really calming sense of the forest here and everything. Great. Uh, and then you boot up the second one, and it's like, that other game looks like garbage. Throw it in the trash. <laughs> Why did they even make it? It's horrible. This is art. <laughs> wow. We have produced a masterwork of color and motion and image for your eyes to feast upon did you play this and that on other PC? game is terrible yes okay wow uh it 
I cannot emphasize how pretty Ori and the Will of the Wisps looks for anyone who is listening. It is truly a fantastically good-looking game. To the point where, like, I called my wife over. And I'm like, "Can you come look at look how pretty this is? Like, it's not. This is just the game. It's not like a cutscene. It's not like. And the cutscenes just look like the game, by the way. So you wouldn't know anyway. Yep. Um, but th- it just like it, it is like someone painted a painting, and then the painting moves as the characters run around the screen, or the wind blows, or you you shoot, you fight the bad guys, or whatever. It is unbelievable how good it looks. Did you did you wind up doing the thing where you died because you were background watching at some point? Oh, there's tons of times. <laughs> I mean, that is if I have a complaint about uh, the first game, it happened to me way more in the first game because I was unsure of which things counted as land because it's like yeah. there's a pretty object in the foreground. And so you think you can land on it, but it's in the foreground. You're running behind it, actually, and then you jump past it and you fall to your death. Um, that happened to me a bunch more in the first game. But in the second game, there was a bunch of places where like these little rock outcroppings or whatever, and you would jump up onto them. But because like you, because the like visual variety and stuff is so diverse in this game, you're not quite sure like that. Is this a platform or is this a platform that crumbles when I land on it, mm-hmm. which is a thing. And so like I would land on a platform thinking I had time to like plan my next jump. And then I fall to my death as the platform crumbles for me standing on it. Oh no! It's one of those ones where like you need to jump on it and then immediately jump off it because otherwise you know you die. So yeah, I died several times that way. Um, <laughs> it's like it looks too good. I guess is the the complaint. I can't uh, be no, too mad it's at that. Part of the game, it's part of the it game. Is. It is. Yeah. So what did you think, JJ? Of the and I don't know how much we want to go into spoilers here or not of the the way they brought the story together. And came full circle with it. Yeah, really interesting. I, I don't. I, I wonder. Do they ever plan to make more of these? I'm sure they do. They are. See, owned, I don't. They are owned by Microsoft, and they are critically acclaimed. Yeah, but Andrew, this, they have written themselves into a corner. Oh, okay. Maybe it they don't. feels very much like they had a thought out like two-story arc here and they they brought it they brought it to where they wanted to get it and they they tied it off pretty conclusively in a way that would make it and i mean hard to to move forward from here generally not really getting into spoilers uh the the story is about you know some of the cycle of life so i guess they could start a new cycle michael Yep, but but then do you not name the game Ori at that point, right? I don't know. Um, but it, I don't think it matters. Like if they just make a game that looks like this again, I think people will just buy it because it looks so amazing. I I can't get over it. It looks so good, and like not just the way the effects look or the the way the scene is drawn or whatever, but like the uh, I don't know what's the. I don't know what the the particles or the it, you have a bunch of abilities in this game, right? You get a little sword you can swing. Uh, I'm t- you get little uh, um, like the skill wheel. Yeah, you get little motes of light that'll like shoot off little laser beams, or uh, you can swing a big hammer and smash through walls and stuff. And uh, you throw spears and throw like a ninja star that comes out and comes back to you, and all these kinds of various things. But they're all this like ghostly light that has its own little light source. So as you throw it down the way it's illuminating the ground below it. And as it comes back, like, you know, and you could see that light reflected off of all the people and stuff in the scene. It's just really impressive, man. I can't, it's very difficult to describe the words. People should go look at some videos of this. And even then the videos don't do it justice because you're watching like YouTube compressed videos or whatever. And they don't look as good as it does when you run it locally. Yeah. You know, play on maximum resolution. I hear that uh, this thing can support up to like 6K. I don't know how you do that. I don't know that there are monitors that big um, on the PC anyway. But maybe if you had a a TV and a console that can do 4K, try that. Because I'm sure it looks unbelievable on like with HDR and stuff like that. Huh. So, yeah, it's it's can't recommend these games highly enough. 
And it is, you know, the, we didn't talk about the gameplay that much, but it is like, you know, Metroidvania style stuff. You are a little forest spirit uh, and you kind of run around your environment and you acquire new skills as you go along that allow you to double jump or uh, break through walls or, you know, somehow traverse various obstacles that you were not able to get through before. Right. Yeah. yeah. And the second game is like way bigger than the first one. Is, am I right? Remembering that, Michael? I feel like I got close to 100%ing the first game and in not that much time. Yeah, I think that the second game is bigger, but it might have a little less backtracking required to collect everything. Didn't the I second feel like game the, add side I, quests? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, it did. Yeah, so you might be feeling like it's bigger because there's extra stuff to do. I mean, I think there might just be more land to explore, or maybe I feel that way because the land is more different, more often different than the previous game, where large parts of it felt kind of samey. It's like forest, and then weird, creepy forest, and then lights Water. out dark forest, and then yeah, yeah, and that's Whereas, part of the story that they were telling, right? Is that totally, totally. Is where each game takes place? Yeah, and and like. You know, you are not going to mistake the second place for the first place. That's for sure. They do a good job. Uh, and it is uh, the first game, at least, had a couple parts that is really tough, man. At least in terms of just like platforming, it was hard. Yeah, those, I, escape, I, those escape sequences are no those, joke. Those escape sequences are really tough, man. I died quite a few times on some of them. The second one uh, was quite a bit better about that, uh, though there were still some hard ones. Harder than the Warthog escape, escape sequences in Halo? Hmm. Or I easier? Mean, the first game was harder, but the second game was easier. Okay. And this is my skill at the Warthog escape sequence. I'm sure oh, there's not plenty mine. of people okay. who <laughs> just played it uh, and could beat it no problem because I'm garbage at driving a Warthog. So. There were differences between when you drove our escapes and when I did. Uh-huh. Like success, the difference. <laughs> okay. Well, if people knew know what, uh, if they know what Moon Studios is doing next, because we don't do research, uh, maybe I'll do some research and find out. But if they know, I mean, <clears throat> what Moon Studios is doing next, yeah, they could uh, send that to podcast at wewergamers dot com, and we read it like we did these emails today. Um, thank you all for writing those emails in. Absolutely, and we love hearing from those- everybody. For those of you who you sent emails in and we didn't get to it, we promise we will eventually. It just takes a lot of time. Yeah, uh, we like to bank them a, a big thing. Yeah, we like to bank them up. Like, I mean, it was basically most of this episode, right? So, yeah, yeah, perfect. Which is fun for us. I agree. Uh, we're also on pretty much every podcasting platform we have been able to figure out, uh, and that's Spotify and Apple and Google and Stitcher and I don't know. Our website, wewergamers.com. Place so, also. You can go there too. Yeah, go there. Uh, we're on social media at We Were Gamers. Let us know. Uh, say hey. And follow us on YouTube where these podcasts go up and they're even categorized into playlists, which is extremely helpful. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Uh, that's it. I'm just, I don't even have a clever thing today. JJ, go watch the uh, the AGDQ Ori run now. Ooh, yes, I will do that, actually. Do you that's... remember when we used to try and figure out something clever for JJ to say meh, too? No. <laughs> I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Don't say it to that run. That run was... Interesting. I didn't watch much of it, but I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go put that on my like saved view watch oh, later yeah. for it's, YouTube. It's great. Uh, I will say uh, though, don't get me started on Total War again unless we want me to take over the episode because I have a lot to talk about. <laughs> okay. So for next week, yeah, we can we can keep putting it off because it's going to keep going. So whenever yeah. we well, want the, to talk about it, I'm ready. The War of the Three Kingdoms is not a short one. No, it turns out it's pretty long. <laughs> yeah. 
which I don't know because I have done no research and know nothing about that time period. So, fair point. Cool, man. All right, everybody. Good stuff, everyone. Awesome. Moon Studios is pivoting, Andy. I forgot I had seen this article at the time. Oh, yeah? Um, But they're going, their next project is going to be a uh, 3D ARPG. ARPG. So, like a. Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild. Okay. But, you know, if they bring the same quality to that that they brought to to Ori, um, I'm sold. Yeah, I mean, I assume they'll take uh, anything on. They're not a very big studio, from what I remember. I mean, um, they only have the two games. But I mean, just population-wise, they they run a very efficient ship. So, no. yeah, yeah. Um, changing technologies to a third-person ARPG uh could require hiring or something but then again they are now owned by Microsoft so um you know what do you what do you do when you're owned by Microsoft right yeah hire people i guess why not yep nothing to lose Oh, we didn't even talk about the Steve Ballmer story about Nintendo. Apparently, I guess it uh one of these things he told somebody to go ask Nintendo if they wanted to be acquired by Microsoft. So, oh, I didn't even hear about that. Yeah. Where was it? I I heard about it like uh yesterday or the day before. In two thousand oh, in two thousand one, right before the Xbox launch, he tried to acquire Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> the quote from somebody who was there was Imagine an hour of somebody laughing at you. That was how Ooh. the meeting went. Two thousand one Nintendo was probably doing fine. Yeah. That was Is that just... still sixty four era or were we pushing GameCube at that, that point? That might have been just GameCube time. It might have been literally just GameCube release time. Yeah, the end of that year was GameCube. Okay. So, <laughs> so right pre, on the pre the struggles of the GameCube. <laughs> yeah. They also launched the Game Boy Advance that year. Ah, uh, what a great system. You know, I skipped it. I loved mine. I had a color. And then I went to... uh DS. And then I skipped the DSi. And then went to the 3DS. And then a new 3DS. What I'm saying is my console buying accelerated even after I was less interested. It's so strange because I'll unplug everything from the previous sessions or whatever before starting the computer. And it seems to do this every time I've used my webcam or in, con- but only in conjunction with my headset. So I think I, I, I always unplug all my stuff. Uh, although I think I leave my webcam plugged in because it's plugged into the back. 
So I always am unplugging my microphone and headset. Does your webcam have a built-in microphone? Yes. <clears throat> and I have to I have to fight with it sometimes. Uh, although OBS is pretty good at remembering the lat. As long as I... Uh, so the other thing is I have to plug everything in before I open Discord and OBS. Otherwise, then I have to fight with them about what they remember. Yeah, I follow all these best practices. And this sim- seems to happen when I have been on a Facebook call using my webcam and my headset microphone. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. And then all of a sudden, the next time I try to unplug everything, plug in the new stuff and then start up and never seems to something is robot somewhere, even though the webcam and the headset are unplugged. I don't understand what it's about. It's like a half loaded driver or something. I, I have no way to test this. I have not been on a Facebook call with my headset, so it's, very possible that you have figured out something. I don't know. What I don't know what about. you can do about it, but no, nothing except apparently find out that this happens every time and then restart automatically. I, that seems like a bad solution, but I guess it's a solution. <laughs> Got to do something. You have a better idea. Email us. 